You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Second down, play fake to Thompson. And across the middle, and it's intercepted by Jabril Peppers. He will go to the end zone. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. How you doing, Grump? This is also the best damn period of the year, the NFL playoffs. Unfortunately, the best damn team is not participating in the best damn playoffs, so we have to play playoff observer. But nonetheless, once we get over the fact we're not in it, I really do enjoy these uh, Saturday and Sunday you know, slates of, of, of football games. It's a lot of fun. I have to say that this is the uh, these are some of the best damn games you could possibly have without the best damn football team participating. Um, so it is what it is, and we we had some pretty exciting ones. I know this one was probably the the most hyped was probably the one that we last saw, which was the Bucks Saints game because we love to talk about Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and um, and that'll carry over to next week as we're gonna love to compare Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady, but. This game, you know, for all it was, was really not a quarterback game <laughs> in any not sense. At all. Yeah, th- it was actually pretty pathetic statistically, um, and, and just also pretty pathetic from the eye test too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, sometimes it's like, well, the stats say this, but the eye test says that. I mean, you can take either angle and say, well, it was pretty crappy on both ends. You saw two offensively. You know, and here's the thing is I don't want to get into this every time, you know, every time it's like a daily referendum with Tom Brady, more so than Drew Brees. I think we all know Drew Brees is pretty much finished. If not officially, he kind of proved he was. But like, I don't need to hear every single week when Tom Brady has a eh game. Well, maybe father time is catching up or, you know, and then the next week when he throws for 340 and four touchdowns, it's like, no, oh, he's back. It's like, no, that's. Quarterbacks, you know, unless you are super elite and Tom Brady, you know, is no longer one of the super elite quarterbacks in the league. I w- would you even say he's even top five in the league right now? I think he. I think you can make a case for him being at the bottom end of that top five. Yeah, but I'm okay. Let's so let, let's but, say uh, but no, I would say he's outside of. He's still top ten, but he's he's knocking on the door of top five. He's you know not. I mean, let me put, let, let's let's be honest about it. Tom Brady needs a specific set of things around him to succeed. He he might as well be wearing cement boots. So you're talking about at least five guys that can block exceptionally well is required for this man. So already, when you require that much, you are not in the top five. You don't. Well, I mean, you, you you can kind of say that for a lot of quarterbacks, though. I mean, in the top five, you can't. Well, I mean, I guess you know if, if you have um, Patrick Mahomes in a, in a system, a different system than he has right now. Is he one of the top five quarterbacks? I mean, probably, most likely. Uh, yeah, um, I think so. Oh, I think we know, we would probably be arguing about it. It'd be one of those top talents right. stuck on a bad team, but yeah, I mean, Tom, Tom Brady has he has a scenario which is perfect for him mm-hmm. right now, and um, I, well, but, of course, I'm, my, my, I, my, I just my, think when he, you have that criteria he, where he needs a perfect set of circumstances around him that already disqualifies you. Yeah, but my point my point of this is that if he's not, you know, an all pro quarterback anymore, he's not super lead anymore, 
that means by definition you're not going to you're the odds of having a great game are not going to be as high as if you are super elite. Mm-hmm. You're going to have games that are kind of like, eh, played all right, eh, you know. And um, the thing, you know, the headlines are always going to be if Tom Brady has one of those eh games. It's well, he's old, you know. Is he past? Is he done? Is this? And it's just it's it's that weekly soap opera, which is yeah. You know, I, I get what really you're saying. Case. It doesn't need to be a headline. It can be you know an excuse. It's like, well, Tom Brady didn't right. have a great great game. It's like, well, Tom Brady's over forty years old. You can just say it. You don't have to make it the headline. It's yeah, not the thesis. It's just well. But that's the thing is, I don't. I don't see like the fan base is really doing that. Like it's the media is doing. It. I mean, it's just Tom Brady will always be a topic on Stephen A. Smith. You know, it's a, it's it's just the fact. He's one of those guys like how Brett Favre used to be, how the Dallas Cowboys always are. You know, just you know, LeBron James is always going to be. It's just they're always going to have try to get him in the conversation because it gets clicks and it gets eyeballs. Yeah. And, you know, they're using, you know, if he has a great game to say, oh, the old master has it, or if he doesn't, well, he's getting old. And it's not really a fair thing to him when, you know. It's also just not an interesting conversation. It isn't. I mean, what are they going to do? It's decide, well, you know something, we're going to go in a younger direction. No way. I mean, he's going to be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks. He gets like, to decide when he's done. That's, right. that's what it is. And if Tampa Bay thinks that they've got something else, or they're going to go somewhere else, or his contract's up and they don't want to pay him the money, then he'll go somewhere else where they where they will want him. Or right. if he feels that he's not going to get the money he feels he deserves, then he will hang up his cleats when he he'll play for whatever amount that he wants, basically for however right. long he wants. It's just I don't think with Brady though. Do you think money is the bigger? Generate you know factor in his decision making than it is. No, no, I agree. I completely agree. Not at all. But I mean, I, I it, think, it's a factor. He's not going to play for change. He's not going to play for change. But also, we're talking. You know, if the Bucks say, you know, for salary cap reasons, we can't pay you twenty five million next year. We can only pay you twenty. He's probably still going to be in. Yeah. And especially at the benefit. Especially of, if they lose this year. Yeah, because the guy is a competitor. The guy is a winner. Yeah. And the guy, you know, he's also in it for a long. He's looking for longevity records too. He wants to play to lose forty-five. He wants to have the most passing yards of all time, the most, you know, touchdowns of all time, the most Super Bowl wins of all time, the most NFC champion championship games of all time. So this is part of him. It's that drive to be the best. To have no doubt about it, he's the goat. Whether eye test, championships, stats, you name it. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's still playing like. Let me ask you, if Tom Brady was in the NFC East, is he the best quarterback right now in the NFC Easily. East? Easily, right? I agree. Yeah. By far. Without without question. Yes. I don't even have to think twice about that. First of all, I don't even know who Washington's best quarterback – I guess their best quarterback is missing a leg. Philadelphia's best quarterback <laughs> might be out the door. Dallas right. doesn't really have a quarterback on contract right now. Assuming the they have Dak back, he's middle of the pack Not- anyway. <laughs> he, he's not Tom Brady, and you know Daniel Jones. Daniel is, Jones is certainly not Tom Brady. He's right. at best middle of the pack right now. Yeah, at, at his absolute oh, Daniel, best, he's, Daniel Jones. Yeah, at, at best he's not middle of the pack. At back, he, I think he's still lower, if, upper if, lower third. Yeah, I, what I'm saying is, and if, if yeah. 16 games in a row are the best statistical game he's had so far, if he has 16 of those in a row, he's middle of the pack. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're talking about three touchdowns and 300 yards per game, but when he does it, he kind of fumbles. He's, he's good for two turnovers as well. Or yeah, something. I mean, yeah, he's he's I, middle I, of the pack. 
How many passing touchdowns did he have all year? You know that beat. this year is a totally different. He is capable of much more. This was a, a team that relied on a running game. You know, we were not throwing downfield like we were under Pat Shermer, where he 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 has the skill set to do more. His stats this year are not going to be representative of him as a talent. Well, yeah, I mean, but he's he's definitely a to be determined. So well, we're not going to we're not, we're not going to stand. We're not going to say he's going to be a career, you know, lower third quarterback, but he's certainly not proven to be a mid-tier. He's, he's in the potential stage more than anything still. And that's fine. That's fair. He's in his second year, <laughs> and he's had all the things we've discussed every single episode about him. So, you know, But this is not a talk about Daniel Jones. This is a, you know, a Tom Brady discussion for the moment. And uh, you know, the, he wins. <laughs> the bottom line is, you know, they did not win that game because Tom Brady – Far, we'll, far from it. Right, right. This team won because Drew Brees is done. He is spent. He's washed. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've spent this. By the way, of all four games this weekend, this is the one that I guessed wrong on, and it's because of just some things I didn't expect to happen. And you know, I make a lot of fun of Tampa Bay's secondary. First of all, I make fun of Tampa Bay's defense mainly because for the first half of the year we were being told how outstanding they were. And, you know, in doing my Giants-Bucks pregame prep, I went through this film and I, I, I had to stop and be like I think I'm being biased here because I, I'm not seeing it that this defense is so good. And I, I, I never I never it. thought it was good. We, I know. We, and that, you know what? And lo and behold, I understand the Vita Vea injury. Believe me, I, I account for it and it's fine. But even when he was in there, I was watching it on film. This team is not that good defensively. Yeah. And the secondary if, stinks. Here I am talking shit about how awful that secondary is and, and how the defensive line isn't playing up to their pay grade. And they, they go against Drew Brees and the Saints. And Drew Brees makes – a secondary full of guys you don't really want on your team and makes them look like the Legion of Boom. Right. I, I mean, Drew Brees could not have... I, I mean, it was the difference in this game. This was a tie game all the way through, and Drew Brees is just throwing picks left and right. Right. Um, some of it was miscommunication. Yeah, and just also the fact that he just does, can't get the ball downfield. And yeah. so, you know, the, 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 you can kind of creep up to the line more. You can be more, you know... You can press tighter on, on your coverage and things, and that's kind of like the, you know, the secondary reason why he was throwing picks too, and just he just can't deliver the ball like he used to. I want to give some some credit to defensive coordinator as well, uh, Todd Bowles. Um, they really, you know, I've been not very vocal about it, but have said in the past that I think Michael Thomas might be the most overrated wide receiver in the league. And I, I don't understand how he manages to keep getting over. He runs the same routes every game. It's just they're just slants, and they completely eliminated him from this game. He he was a complete non-factor. Some of the credit goes to uh, scheme. Um, I think I think I mean we have friends that are Buck fans, and I hear every time an opponent gets a first down. It's all Todd Bowles' fault. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator. Todd Bowles is definitely falling into that category of great coordinator, not a good head coach. Oh, for sure. And, he, he doesn't have he doesn't have the pedigree with the media. or, or He's not a face of the franchise to begin with. So he's got to be outstanding as a head coach to succeed right off the bat. He sets himself back. Mm-hmm. So. But let me ask you, the, the question I came out of that game, the thing I was thinking – if you're Sean Payton, 
would you be as loyal to Drew Brees? Because knowing that he is – he's done. He's washed. He can't throw the ball anymore. And, you know, forget the one you know, trick gadget play that Jameis threw for the touchdown. Would you be bold enough to, to bench him? I mean, the guy's had how many broken ribs this year? You know, he's, he's 40 years old. He just is not himself. Uh, I, I, to me, that's, that's, a, that's a coaching error. And I, I get it that there's loyalty. They've been together forever. The guy's an icon. It's probably his last game in the Superdome. Blah, 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 blah. But the thing is... If you win, nobody gives a shit. The thing is, it's the playoffs. And you're trying to win in the playoffs. You're trying to go to the Super Bowl. What would you do? I don't know. You know, it's difficult for me to say something like that not watching Jameis Winston in practice. I don't know how much of the playbook he has. You know, it's a lot of stuff. I, I think I... I would have at least designed more things for Winston to go in there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know that seems gimmicky, but there is the element of we didn't watch any film on him. I have no idea what play they're going to run with him back there. You know, I I agree with you. I think there is some level of Sean Payton has been with Drew Brees for over 10 years now. Uh, and... I think there's also an element that we we can say we saw something similar with Eli Manning uh, in New York. Well, that was even that was even worse with the Giants because they basically built their team around the right. fact they thought he could still do it. But this wasn't I think like there kind was of... a, a level of I'm playing in this game, and it was not really much of a discussion. Like I think even at ownership level, like Drew Brees' last game, he's playing. You know what I mean? Like he goes out on his terms. He's done enough for this town, kind of thing. So, I mean, all things considered, you know, yeah, I probably, I probably, once, first of all, once Drew Brees sustains that injury weeks ago, I'm already developing a plan. Because by then, they had almost already uh, clinched a playoff spot. They hadn't, but they they were close. So, I'm designing some playoff contingency with Jameis Winston right off the bat right there. Well, let me ask you the next question then is, would you have messed around with the Tayshaun uh, Hill, exper- yeah, Hill experiment or would you have just gone right to Jameis? Again, package of plays. I would work to Taysom Hill in more. In the time, you know, that, that stretch of games when um, Breeze was out, when he, when, he, when, he, when he had the problem with the ribs, you know, I would have personally, as much as I hate the guy, I would have had Jameis in. He would have been my principal quarterback – and running some package plays for Hill, and they kind of they kind of rode with Hill, which you know helped you get by and play in these scrub games in the rest of the regular season when things are pretty much clinched. But you know, in a game when you get into the playoffs and you're playing these offenses, you know you're going to be playing, you know Tom Brady, and you're probably going to play Aaron Rodgers next. You're going to have to score. You know, in, in the the NFL and football now is about scoring, and you can't score if you can't move the ball downfield. Like, you know, we can't, they don't have this, you know, Kamara is great and all, but still you're not going to, you're not going to win shootouts with these teams. So I think that was another mistake that Peyton had made. And again, they're controversial moves. I mean, obviously if you're going to bench your, your franchise guy, you know, in, in, in a game like that, but again, to me, the goal is winning. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, like I said, once once Brees sustains that injury, I'm working Jameis Winston into – if he doesn't have the playbook down to the point where I'm satisfied, then I'm working a small package of plays and I'm going to keep 
So he's got it, and I'm going to keep adding them because come playoff time, you, you're right. I, I want to win. And not for nothing, a, a 20-year-old playing with fractured ribs, it makes no difference. I mean, yeah, I, I'm surprised that we are brushing it off very lightly that Drew Brees is playing at all. It's, it's amazing that yeah. he is. It really is. Now, if it's a question of if he's just like, I'm playing FU – Mm-hmm. Well, then we get then we have a major problem in the organization where the inmates are running the asylum. Right. You know. Now, would Bill Belichick do that? If if Tom Brady was not Tom Brady anymore, obviously he's all banged up. Would he? You know. Would he acquiesce to Brady to have him play? I think. That, I mean, there's some level of precedent for that. There was a whole thing about him. Uh, almost losing his thumb on a routine handoff or something like that, and they kept it relatively quiet. Um, and uh, the, there was like a book written by some doctor or something. Whoever operated on the thumb um, was That's right. was in the room, and and apparently Bill Belichick just kind of grumbled like it's Tom's decision, it's his hand, kind of thing. And Tom did whatever he did to play the next yeah, week, he, the following but week. He, but he played well. My top mom. You know, but you don't know that. That's the thing. You no, don't no, know. I'm talking. But I mean, there is a there is evidence that you know over the last several weeks that Drew Brees is not Drew Brees anymore. That's a good point. He's he's not been playing well. I mean, that was a, a decision like you know his with the thumb. He's going to play his Tom decision. But if Tom Brady comes out in that game and starts off one of seven for nine yards and is throwing you know lollipops. We're in the same situation. Does Bill Belichick bench him and say sorry? You know, take Bill a Belichick seat. wins games. Period. Bill Belichick wins games. He's exactly also got the right. pedigree to get yelled at. You know, and, and I think Sean Payton does too. I, mean, I he, think he does he, too. He can stand up there. I, I think that New Orleans has become since their was it two thousand nine their Super Bowl. Um, they have just been perennial chokers. They've never capitalized. I mean, throughout the regular season, they would wallop whoever came to town. And then come NFC Divisional, NFC Championship, they were a letdown. I mean, it's just well, they, a fact. They've been screwed on some horrendously bad calls, too. This kind of really impacted Correct. some of these games. I, I think there's at least one, yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. But, but also, that, 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 can change, that one play could change a narrative. All of a sudden, if that you know directly led to them not going to a Super Bowl and winning it, then all of a sudden two is a lot different than one. And, like, you know, we I face— agree. I just think that history is going to look back at the post-Super Bowl Saints and not appreciate them for how good they were from week one to week 17 every year. I mean, like every year. They were a real contender. I don't know what history is going to make of the Saints because if you think of all the things that have gone on, you had – you know, they became America's darling after Katrina. You know, they, when they reopened this – they were nomads for a while and they had that big – you know, the, that first game when they came back was everybody was kind of rooting for them. Then you had the whole thing with the the, the coordinator, that prick, you know, Fred and it was Williams, like, yeah, yeah that was, everybody that thought, was a Super Bowl year. And everybody thought they were slime after that. You know, Peyton is kind of a, I think he's a little of, of, of a dirty coach. <laughs> I, I still think, you know, I, you know, I, they are not one of the more liked teams, I think, by other players in the, around the league. And, so I, I'm, you know, then then they they did win a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know what history is going to make of them if they're they're going to be thought of as a just a really good team. They're going to be thought of as like what the, you know, the 1990s era Redskins were in history. You know, they won a Super Bowl. 
you know, a decent team or they can be thought of as underachievers or what they are. So that's we'll have to wait until we're old and gray and see. Yeah. But they, I don't know. You know. It's just interesting because history is going to show Drew Brees as the all-time passing leader or at least in the top three. Um, yeah, but like, yet... <laughs> but like Vinny Testaverde was in the top ten when he retired too. So okay. yards are – you know, it's, I hate to use the, the argument about compiler stats, but – Yards are kind of a compiler stat. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the old days, you probably had more yardage passing because you were losing and you had to give up the running game and you were throwing a lot. Fair enough. Um, I want to talk briefly about Leonard Fournette. Um, sure. This was a pretty good game for him. Um, and that's saying something because it was a very ho-hum game for running back. Uh, when do we have the conversation about if he's a bust or not? I, I never said he was a bust yet. I think it's too soon to tell. I think he's, you know, injuries, you know, kind of put people doubts and things. But um, he never became – he never went into the bust category as soon as a guy like Trent Richardson, obviously. And those no, are the well, two running yeah. – and those are the two running backs that I've seen in the SEC in the last decade where I thought, like, these guys are can't-miss guys. What about Derrick Henry? Um, not I, like I mean, me days. personally, I thought Trent Richardson was a better prospect than Derrick Henry. I, I, I thought I had never seen anybody like Trent Richardson before. I agree. I, I If I have Trent Richardson and I have uh, Leonard Fournette from the SEC as 10s, I probably have Derrick Henry as a nine. Yeah. I mean, he's he's exceeded expectations in the NFL, where obviously Trent Richardson severely didn't, and Fournette is underperformed. I wouldn't say he's a bust yet, but he's underperformed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Fournette was the one who had who really took off early too. He's also played on a really shitty Jacksonville team too. Okay, but what's his excuse? He's been with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, injuries have always been a problem with him, okay. even at LSU. Has, has been an issue. Yeah, I just I, I know that you were really big on Fournette. I did my film work on him, and I was not all that enamored. Um, for me, I mean, I, I I drop him to third in that conversation where I had Trent Richardson at a ten, Derrick Henry's probably at a nine, uh, Leonard Fournette I had at like a seven. He looked good to me. I thought he had some work to do to move on. I just I I just saw I saw him in person twice Fournette I saw him at at Baton Rouge once in Gainesville and I was like oh my god this guy he just looks like a man I mean you just look at his face you look at his body it's like this guy's been in the NFL for six years why is he a sophomore in college yeah um yeah I don't know I was just curious about your thoughts because I knew that you you had that high opinion of him in, in the SEC. Yeah, he's underachieved. I don't think he's bust level yet. No, not yet. I'm, I'm asking when that conversation needs to happen. Um, two years from now, next, one year. Let's see what let's see what happens next year because I think a lot of people are talking about again, not necessarily a stat game, but like he was a major influence in that game. And I think that what's his contract situation? Well, somebody had to be an influence in that game because Brady wasn't it. <laughs> Gronk wasn't it. Did Gronk have a catch? He had one catch. No, uh, Gronk had the one influence, catch. The influence 14. was uh, uh, David, the, the defender for the, the Bucks. David. Well, I mean, yeah, he's also a linebacker that I don't think gets talked about enough. Um, right, he was he was the impact maker in that game. 
David and Devin White as well played outside right. of Ryan's. Well, I am even more. Yeah. Uh, shifting over, Chiefs Browns. This was uh, an interesting game because, well, I mean, for one, Mahomes got hurt in the late third. I want to say maybe it was early fourth, late in the game, but enough yes. time to to turn the tide. Um, I thought Baker Mayfield played fairly well in this game. Um, the I, pick. I think- the pick that he threw to Matthew was a big mistake. I mean, I, and you could see it coming as soon as he started throwing across his body. But other than that, I thought he was okay. You know, I think I think Baker Mayfield. I think when his career is said and done, he's going to have a different narrative than what we think he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baker Mayfield is not a quarterback that should have every single commercial on every single game. He's not a marquee guy. He's not a guy that is ever going to be in the same class as the elite of the elite in, in the NFL. But having said that, he's definitely – they're not the same style, but he reminds me of how Phil Simms was when he was with the Giants. And Giant fans can – you know, where it's just he gets the job done. And it may not be the prettiest thing ever. There may be a duck here or there, but it's just like you know, if it's third and 12, he's going to get you 13 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to you – know, Sims wasn't – no, he didn't have the legs that Baker Mayfield is, but he's going to put his shoulder down. He's going to get that one yard. Um, he's going to, I think, you know, for he, he's a franchise quarterback, but not a capital F franchise quarterback, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think you're going to you're going to look back on his career and you're going to say that guy had a really good career. And I think people try to look at things as are you a Hall of Famer or are you are you a bust? <laughs> and you know, is everybody looked through the lens? Is this guy a Hall of Famer? And you know, there's different levels of how good you could be. There's Hall of Famer. There's Pro Bowler. There's All Pro. You know, and there's just a good quarterback. And I, I think I, I don't know if he's ever going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know if he's ever going to be even a All Pro. But he's gonna. He's the type of guy. He's, he's very gritty. And you're going to see some of these Cleveland teams getting to the second round of the playoffs that maybe aren't as good as you think they are because he's going to get them there. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, in general, I thought the the Browns played pretty well all over the place. Offensively, they were really on an onslaught of uh, the Chiefs' defense, and they, they handled it pretty, pretty well. I like Stefanski's offense. I like what the Browns are doing as a team. Um, and they did a pretty good job holding Kansas City to what they were able to hold them to, and then you know, once who came in, Chad Henney or something. I have a hi- I have a history with Chad Henney because he actually when he, quarterback from Michigan, he beat Tebow in the two thousand, I guess it was January first two thousand eight, Citrus Bowl. That was the year Florida had absolutely zero defense. Tebow won the Heisman that year, but we couldn't stop anybody. And they beat us in a pretty lackluster game. And he, he played pretty well in that. But we're talking 13 years ago. That's a yeah. long time ago when that happened. Um, two things, uh, obviously, on this game that, you know, everybody, if we were actually back in the office, we'd be around the water cooler talking about. Um, the first thing, your thoughts on just the rule of the, you know, fumble out of bounds in the end zone. It's a touchback. Look, I know it sucks a whole lot. It's a good rule, and it's part of the thing that makes reaching okay. forward with the ball a risk. 
Okay, that's, so that's you're thought. you're the only person I have talked to that thinks it's a good rule. So, what is the logic for it? And and you think it's a good rule because you don't want people lunging forward? Well, I don't think it's a safety issue. I mean, the rule's been in place no, for no. forever. But I'm just saying but, it's it's part of the risk. You are sticking the ball out. It just is. You know what I mean? Okay, but if I'm but the same thing. If I'm let's say it's fourth and one, mm-hmm. and I'm sticking my ball out on the 35 yard line. Sticking the ball out and I fumble and it goes out of bounds. I still get the ball where it goes out of bounds. It's still a, you know, why is it in the end zone? I don't, I don't, I don't understand the logic. Anybody who's trying to argue why the rule is even there in the first place. I was kind of, I was trying to do research yesterday, and I was just seeing like it's happened in other games, and they go to the, you know, the uh, the the referee in the booth. He's like, well, that's the way it's always been, and they're like, one ref he actually said during a game. Well, don't fumble. That's the solution. Like, that's not an, that's not an argument why we have a rule. I mean, it sounds like a rule that was around like in 1883 before we had forward passes, and then they updated rules to have a modern game. That one just kind of stayed on the books, and it's just still there. Well, I'm not comparing fumbling sideways to fumbling forward. You know what I mean? It, it's it's part of the risk of doing something like that, in my opinion. It just it but is. That, seems like I mean, a, that, seems well, like, that seems like a pretty massive penalty for a risk. Losing the lose, not only you know is not a, it's not a, we're not talking about fo- uh, fumbling forward and getting in the end zone for a touchdown. We're talking about just you're losing possession. You're getting nothing. It's a turnover. Yeah. For doing that, that seems like a very 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 harsh penalty. I mean, there's no other no other penalty. Like if you call a uh, you throw a flag on something, there's nothing that results of the penalty to loss of possession, and that's in effect what you're doing on this is you're losing possession, and there's no real reason why. Well, for one, it becomes a where do you spot the ball to begin with. Well, I mean, what we do now. When it's not going in the end zone, it's spotted where the ball goes out of bounds. Right, but you can't do that now, if it goes out the back of the end zone. But I'm talking about the back of the, I'm not talking about the side of the end zone. I know. Well, even so, you can't do it the side of the end zone well, either. So, so then you do what the rule is now about in the final two minutes of a half or or the game. If you fumble forward, the team that the guy who fumbles it has to recover it. If not, it goes back to where the spot was before. So on the one, or wherever it's fumbled. If he fumbles it on the five and it goes all the way out, it goes back to the five. I don't know. I I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I don't I yeah, don't think I, I, I don't think that it's. It just seems like too too severe of a penalty for something that. Also, you know, almost every time this has ever happened, it's not because they're. They are trying to get the extra yard. It's like a fumble. You know, something happened—a physical mistake. You know, well, the guy gets. It's hundred percent what happened on this play. Yeah, uh, somebody gets popped and he fumbles. Uh, but, I mean, know, he he is literally reaching the ball out. That's why he. And as soon as he got popped, he lost control of it because it's not up against his body. It was reaching out. Right. So why should he be penalized for trying to? Because we're trying to have these guys, you know. Go the extra effort, try to get the extra yard, do this extra thing, and then when number one rule is always protect the ball at all costs, though. Right, but why should it? Why? Because just because if the ball goes out of bounds, two 
inches before the pylon, the ball is right there when he gets it right there. If it goes two feet past the pylon, you lose possession. It just seems way too harsh. I don't, I don't, I don't think it sounds harsh at all. It just hold on to the fucking ball. No, no, now you sound like that ref. It's like that, that doesn't make any – that's well, no lot. That's, you should that's be not a logical holding, reason. But, uh, first of all, forget the out-of-bounds part. You don't want to fumble the ball. You will lose possession most times if you fumble the ball. That didn't have to go out-of-bounds. If it just sat in the end zone, you'd lose possession too. I, right, I, but, it's a, but, but that's the difference between a live ball and the, and the, 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 the what happens in the play dictates it. That's, that's called sport. I mean, it's just something happens, you know, if a, if a basketball player shoots it, you know, the point is put it in the basket. But if you don't, you know, there's how, what happens that's after. Like, that's like hitting a 600-foot a foul ball and saying a strike instead of a home run is a harsh penalty. No, because it's not a strikeout. It's not that's a strike. Harsh- okay. It's a difference. It's the harsh. What I mean, I mean, I mean, a in your analogy, it going out of bounds, it's like, okay, well, now it's third down instead of the second down, but it's not a turnover. If it was a home run that missed, it was a foul ball by three inches, and all of a sudden it's like the batter's out, that's what the equivalent of this is. It doesn't make any sense. And, and you know, and another ref, I was doing my research, were like, well, it doesn't happen that often, so why why change the rule? Well, that's it's a like, stupid thing. To say, it does, stupid. to say to yeah. say it doesn't happen that often, we shouldn't have to change it is a silly reason. I, it's, I mean, it's, beyond, it's beyond ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's the stupidest thing anybody could say. To me, I think that it eliminates it. It, it adds risk to doing a just straight up dive play over the top of the pile on on the goal line and sticking the ball out. Because to me, stick, it, it almost people don't seems, do that anyway. People are doing okay, that anyway. that's fine. They can do that, but they run the risk of that happening. Fumbling and it going out the back of the end zone, you lose. You know what I mean? You run that risk. It's not out of the back of the end zone, though. It, it, it's, it, it, again, if you fumble right on the goal line, the ball trickles two inches. Who gives a shit if it's out the side or out the back? I don't understand why you're making that distinction. Well, well, Who cares? Well, I, well, because there's rules like things like if you – again, a bad snap if it goes out in the back. It's a safety. I, 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 the, I, the back I, is – you're not, you're not, I, I mean, imagine somebody diving at you and you smack it over your head and it, so well, it goes out the back that way towards the yeah, the, the opponent's the back, end zone. I, I understand. The back is 10 yards back. I mean, that's different. I mean, the side is like right there. The, the back of the end zone is the back of the end zone. It's 10 yards back. That's There is a distinction, I think. Between yeah, but if you're two. in the middle of the field, 10 yards back is closer than, this, than the sideline. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a distinction. Do you know what I mean? Like if, more... if, if this exact thing happened, right, like running down between the hash marks, and you get slammed in the side or whatever, there's a better chance it's rolling out the back of the end zone than all the way across the field to the sideline. That's a, so to me, it makes no difference. Sideline, back of the end zone, it's all the same. Yeah, I just think it's a stupid rule, and uh, I, I to me, there's no no one can give me real. I mean, I, I see what your reasoning is, but to me, that's not. Then my argument for that is just that's way, way too harsh of a penalty for incurring extra risk, which they're going to do regardless. If if you're ever by, you know, people are always trying to get that extra inch, get a first down to get, you know, get in the end zones. They're not going to – it's not preventing anybody from doing that. So it's it just seems dumb. I don't know. It just I, don't, seems, I don't think it's it, that dumb. And I don't I – don't, whether it's a dumb rule or not – Players need to be aware of the risk of reaching the ball out in general. You know what I mean? It, 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 I don't feel bad for any team it happens to. And I, 
I mean, they they changed the rule mercifully after the Holy Roller thing with the Raiders in the seventies, where you know it's fourth down and it's three yards, you know, before the goal line, and you just fumble on purpose forward. Exactly. You hope, well, that, that's, you that's that, what you're talking. Then is an intentional, you know, of manipulation of the rules to get right, what you're right. trying to get. You know what I mean? That that's so that's no longer sportsmanship. What we're talking about here is right. chance. Yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not trying to manipulate anything by this situation happening. And Neither I'm not is saying, the defense, right? I mean, it's just it just sort of happens. But again, the penalty for it happening is so much greater than you know. It, again, it's 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 a worse penalty to have on a team than if you you know have an OPI, for example, or or anything that you're trying to get an extra advantage for with risk. I and mean, I, I just think it's dumb. I don't think it's that dumb, and I think we're splitting hairs to the point where we can argue that on third and 40, if a defender hits somebody beyond five yards, it's an automatic first down, no matter what the result of the play is. You know what I mean? Even that, I mean, we could sit there and argue about that for forever, and it comes down to don't break the rule. But you're not breaking, but you're not breaking a rule. See, that's another thing. This is not a, it's, that's a penalty. That's something where you are in violation of the rules and there's a consequence for it. This is not a violation of the rules. This is just – It's a risk. Ball. You are reaching the ball out knowing that it has a chance of being smacked out of your hands and going somewhere. This is the rule. If it rolls out there, then it is. So you know this. You reach the ball out knowing if I cross the plane, it's a touchdown. If he smacks out of my hands, it goes out this and then I lost the ball. Or if he just smacks out of my hands, I might lose the ball. Just in general. Forget out of bounds. So it's just – it's a risk reward thing, just the same as I'm allowed to put out my hands my hands on this guy for five yards, but come six yards I can't. I have to make sure that I'm within all of that. And and by the yeah, way, that that rule is not they don't throw a flag for just touching all the time. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't, and it's all just whatever the referee feels like that day. So I mean, again, this but, is all sort of but again, you're not breaking but again, you're not breaking a rule for this. I, I think I think that's a huge difference. It's, I don't think it's splitting hairs. I think it's a big difference. You know, if you're, there should be consequences for breaking rules. And I I argue all the time with but, everybody but, about. But now we're t- what I'm saying is that rule there that you're breaking is such a minor rule. And on the example I'm giving you on third and forty, it's such a harsh punish- punishment to get to give an automatic first down for that. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm trying to, to give you other examples yeah. of the same thing. I understand it's breaking a rule, but I mean, but that's should it be an automatic big... first down? But that is still not as harsh of a penalty, a 35-yard penalty, in effect, than it is loss of possession. No, no, no. It's not a 35-yard penalty. It's it's a it's a first down. It's That would be, instead of fourth down and punting, it is a new set of downs. And that can change everything. That can, in time of possession alone, that can end a game. But in, in effect, it's a 35 yard because you need to go 35 yards for the first down, and you're getting it. So it's not, it may not be 35 yards, an actual penalty. But again, but it's put it put it in a less than two minute scenario. If you have no timeouts left, instead of them punting, they can run out the clock and the game's over. I understand that, but that's still not as big of a penalty as losing possession. It still isn't. So I, I don't know. I, I just think that you know they're going to make noise okay, about it. I, I, they're going to make gonna noise happen. about it again. If you rewatch the play, though, let's say it doesn't trickle out of bounds. There's another defender right there. There's no other player for Cleveland anywhere near it. It would have been recovered by the defense anyway. And that's and, fine. And it but, could be but I'm just but, saying. But, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's 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 a rule that is so egregious that needs to be changed. 
it it just seems like a pointless it seems like a pointless thing from a bygone era when the way the game was played and i just you know it it, it just doesn't make any sense I, I i can't make it any i can't explain it any more than it just makes no sense so all right i don't know Whatever, what, what do you people think let us know yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to be if i'm being completely honest here this isn't something i would complain about if it happened to the giants and they lost this game i'm being dead serious about this this is not to me an egregious rule problem you know, I think it's an egregious rule problem. I, I, I think I, I think it really is because it, it really it just makes no sense. It, it, I mean, rules have to have logic behind them. No, no, and, no. To me, an egregious rule problem is in the playoffs a Saints player being mugged down the sideline and no flag called, and there's nothing we can do about it. That is a problem that needed a fix in the form of not a rule change, but like that referee, well, that official, now, they need to be fired. We need to figure out an well, officiating now thing. Now you're getting into my, where I get the most arguments with anybody is, is the difference between a rule and the difference between enforcement of the rule. Right. Well, and I understand an, an example, an example I'm always going to use is in hockey where, you know, now they have replay where is a guy offsides or not. And they go back and they look and if the toe, the toe of the skate is on the line, whether you know a millimeter, if it's on there, he's offside. Case closed. The rule says this: you may not like instant replay. You may think it's, you may hate it, you know. But that's the rule. Don't hate the enforcement of the, You can hate the enforcement, but that's the rule. And if you don't like, because now we have the technology to, to really, you know, uh, enforce rules to the nth degree, change the rule. Don't change the enforcement of it because it's still the rule. And it's just arguments are, you know, all these things need to do is the reason why we have rules is to, just to make things logical and play within what we all agree to are the, the guidelines of how you play a game. And when you start, you know, when, when there are rules on the books, when you create a new rule and you create a new rule and something different and it makes something else on the books obsolete or just doesn't make it logical anymore – they need to be taken out, and this is—I think this is one. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't. I, don't, I, I just—I don't think that. I don't think that there should be any rewards or even any expectation of keeping something that you dropped. I, 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 well, yeah, you get the. You can make. You can make the penalty for fumbling out of the back of the end zone. You know, loss of down. It goes back to where the original. So let's say the ball started on the twenty-yard line. You ran nineteen yards and you fumbled out of bounds. If it goes out of bounds in the end zone, it goes back to the line of scrimmage. There's your penalty. But it's not. It's it's that's still not as harsh as loss of possession in the red zones. You get no points out of it. I mean, that could be a harsher. That could be a harsher result than the ball just going out of bounds at the thirteen-yard line and the ball wherever it went out of bounds. You retain possession. You know that could be that could be your that could be your penalty for risking something, but the risk the the, the punishment of losing possession is is too much. I don't know. I, I just I just disagree. I think you you've dropped the ball. It just I don't know. There should be no expectation that you get to keep something that you drop. I, I don't know. But we do it now, though. <laughs> I mean, if you fumble it out of bounds and in, in play, you keep the ball. 
Yes. Right? I'm just saying, fumbling <laughs> in general, forget the sidelines, forget everything. You've dropped the ball. There should be no expectation of you keeping it. Right, you know, but there's there there, all sorts of things with the NFL that I think are egregious, like the fact that we have a game of inches and that we just eyeball where the spot is it, it, is it, ridiculous, it, and that we it, have no technology whatsoever to figure it out, no like laser inside the ball or something. I don't know. I'm not an engineer, but Grump, Grump how many times have we watched the game where we're like, "Oh, that's going to be close." You know, I don't think he got it. Maybe he got it. And the ref is ru- or the side judge is running down the field and just goes first down. Yeah, or 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 just what? picks it up. You, you ever seen put, and just kind of like you can see he's guessing. He's like moving it left and right, and then he's mm-hmm. here. I mean, it's it's ludicrous about, that we have a game that is supposed to be so so yard specific, so inch specific, and we measure having, things with a link of chain, and then and that's it. We just eyeball, and a guy who's by the way not standing right where it happens, he's like running up the sideline and then curves, like he doesn't have a good vantage point. Well, how about the chain gang? You have two guys running, sometimes completely across the field. You're telling me they're running exactly perpendicular to the field that they're exactly where they were before i agree Come on and it's it's something that we don't even discuss it never comes up it's just, just first down it's part of the game nope. yeah nope, i mean those things down. to me those are egregious those are issues yeah. uh, i mean the fumbling at the back but, of the end zone just maybe those, just hold on to the ball i don't know but, but those things are enforcement those aren't rules those are enforcement and that's where you we have technology <laughs> we have ways to enforce things better which may result in rule changes, but it's all again goes back to enforcement of rules and do it right, <laughs> please. Right. Because again, there's too much money at stake for all of this stuff. There's too much in, you know, you, you, you think there's a difference in ratings next Saturday between uh, Tom Brady playing Green Bay versus Drew Brees? Hell yeah, there will be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a significant difference. And if, you know the the rightful winner of a team doesn't win because the rules weren't enforced correctly, as opposed to winning, you know, fair and square on the field. How about all these guys that gamble? Some guys are losing thumbs because there wasn't the right call made yeah. on the field. Well, you know, <laughs> I, you see a I, guy I with a, you. you see a guy with a cue stick sticking out of his ass outside a pool hall because <laughs> something like that happens. And you know what? That's a problem. Um, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, um, yes. Packers, Aaron Rams. Rams. That one went pretty much as I expected, especially with Goff playing with a injured finger. Um, you know, I, I don't even want to say anything about Jared Goff. I, I think he is not living up to expectations when he came out in the draft, but played well in this game. But Aaron Rodgers is playing outside of his mind right now. I mean, mm-hmm. truly, and you know, we're, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here as somebody who's been in the league and excelled in this league for a long time. Right now is the hottest streak I think I might have seen him at since going back to the Super Bowl year, maybe when they I were a so. wild card team. I mean, sure. right now he looks completely unstoppable, completely unstoppable. Um, it's 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 not the same team that Tampa Bay blew out two months ago. No, yeah, and I I don't no. really know what clicked with them. You know, I, I don't follow them closely enough to know if there was some cog that was missing from the great wheel that was Green Bay, but something sometimes, is, is different. Sometimes teams just get on a roll. I mean, it, it happens, you know, was Philly that great the year they won the Super Bowl? No, they just got hot. You know, were the Giants and their two Super Bowl teams that great? No, they got hot. They just win. Hmm. And I, I think they're just on one of those great rolls right now. Um, 
you know, it's a little. Un- we can't really. You know, Goff is hurt. Obviously, yeah, I but, I, 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 but I, I, still, like under two hundred yards throwing. He, in general, this uh, year he's just whatever to me. You know, I, I don't know. Seems like they're a weird team, the Rams, because it seemed like you know maybe three years ago it's like, wow, they had this hot young coach. They got the you know Goff looks like he might be something. You know, the the defense was they they put on. They have all these skill guys. Like this team for the next decade might dominate this division, and then it all kind of seemed like it was over. Well, I right? said this last week. I, I said this last week. I still don't know what to make of this team. I don't know if they're good or not. I yeah, actually but, can't tell. But I know I know what they're not is they're not what the expectation level I had from this team two years ago was. No, I mean I thought I thought this team was setting themselves up to be the next dynasty. I mean, well, the fact that I don't know what they are says enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know they they uh, how much. They gave Goff a pretty huge contract re-up, right? I, yeah, yes. Huge, yeah. So they've, they've, they're all in with him, and you know they have a lot of money invested in the defense, um, which is going to be unsustainable. I don't know what what, what, what this team is going to be, and you're right. Um, again, when your when your quarterback, you know has a problem with his thumb and he can't throw, that's going to sabotage an individual season. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to sabotage, you know, who knows what the effect of the concussion is going to be next week in Kansas City. But that's a, in a here and now thing. That's not a long-term, you know, where are we with Jared Goff? I think it's time to start, you know, people are so quick to make the discussion about Daniel Jones after, you know, two years that people are out. You know, let's talk about Jared Goff, who's been here now. How long? Four years? I mean, he went to a Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs. I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's the franchise quarterback, but what is the ceiling for Jared Goff? Well, I mean, has he really improved much from his second year in the league in year four now? I mean, he looks the same to me. No, and it wasn't that, wasn't that great in year two either. I think he had a lot of talent around I mean, him. It was one of those things where it's like, wow, if, if this is what he is in year two, holy crap. And yeah, just he was a, nothing changed. He was, he was the perfect game manager for a team that's all he needed from their quarterback was to be a good game manager. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had Todd Gurley, you had the great defense, you had all these things, but you could see it was like, okay, when this guy keeps developing, he's going to be this and that, and it just sort of stopped. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, again, now they are still a playoff level team. <laughs> you know, they obviously they still have a great head coach. They still have a great head coach. They still have a good core. They still have the, you know, one of the two best defensive players in the league. They have all these. They they have a a foundation for things. So it's not like he's. I mean, not time a, is uh, not running out for them or anything like that. Oh, but. no, absolutely not. You know, and we're not talking about Jared Goff as a bust, but can we we can see, I think, the ceiling is in sight of what he is. It, it seems that way. I mean, and, you know, yeah. we see these things all the time with for years. I mean, think about Ryan Tannehill right off the bat. was a guy who was just whatever in Miami, and you get him in the right situation, and he can really do the right things. He can do so much more for you. Yeah, I, I think we were ready to say Ryan Tannehill was. Would you say he's a bust? Were the expectations even high? Remember, Jerry Goff was the number one overall. No, pick. I was going to say Tannehill's. For me, my expectations were not that high. Right. Um, it was almost a joke among he's people kind of, who did not. At the time when he was drafted, 2012, um, I was not actually doing scout work the way I do now, and you know, I just I kept up with my my. 
finger on the pulse of things, but I didn't really watch film. I didn't, you know, I just, I watched TV. You know what I mean? I didn't pretend I knew what I was talking about either, but I do remember a lot of people thinking it was a joke that Miami drafted him in the first round. Um, so sort, sort of like a, a little bit like a Mitchell Trubisky situation. Like he just, was drafted first overall. Who? Trubisky. Oh, he wasn't. Was he not? No. He was drafted higher. He was like in the top five, maybe. They traded up for him, but he was not number one pick. Okay, but I'm nobody... sorry. He was pick two. He was a second pick? Yes. Holy Christ. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not even close to the same. I think Tannehill was like 18th or something. Ryan Tannehill was the eighth pick. Eighth pick? We oh, are. Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> so, Trump and the Cranky fan have not been drinking on this Monday no, night. No, just we dementia. Just, 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 just getting very old. dementia, yeah. But I, I think, though, at the time that nobody really thought that Trubisky was the second pick in the draft. I mean, Chicago, there's obviously had a GM that really liked him and went the extra effort to lock up, you know, kind of similar to what we did with Daniel Jones, where, you know, oh, we, could, we probably could have got him at 12. But, you know, something the GM liked him and wanted him and case closed. Well, you get I, I, I did pre-scout work on Mitch. So I remember him and, and my thoughts were this is a weak QB class. <laughs> I mean, this is yeah. just kind of how I felt about it in 2017. And, you know, I don't I I remember thinking that he was not going to be the thing that pushed you over the top. I knew he would go higher than he deserved to go because it was just a week. There wasn't a whole lot there. You know what I mean? But remember this, though. I mean, he was the eighth pick. And what was Daniel Jones? Sixth. He was sixth. So roughly the same thing. Mm -hmm. Miami had him for six years before they got rid of him. So for all of you people out there with the Daniel Jones, like he's a bust – you know, do we trade and what can we get? I was actually texting with a friend of mine this week who was asking, do you think – and these are the three texts. Do you think Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback? Do you think he's a bust? What can we get from him in a trade? And my answers were, I don't know. I don't know. Why would you trade him now? I mean, I mean, seriously, it's like, you know, Josh Rosen got, what, a second-round pick that is after his rookie year? I mean, I don't even know what you'd even get for Daniel Jones. Probably a third, I would think. But the point is, why would you trade without, especially not even having a, a plan behind him? You're not just trading him this offseason and hoping for the best. You know, because you're not going to get a franchise quarterback more than likely drafting where we're drafting. You know, so it's just like, it's a stupid thing. But my point of this is that you know, Miami, they waited six years before they moved on. From Tannehill. So Daniel Jones will probably be here through his rookie contract. So any thoughts that people have of moving on, you know, trading for him, they're not happening. So get that out of your head right now. I just want to, um, cause I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm an idiot. When I said that oh. <laughs> 2017 was not a good year for quarterbacks, I am well aware that Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were in this draft class. Um, Deshaun Watson, I, I I have a whole workup episode. I mean, you can go back to it, so it's it's fine. But I loved Patrick Mahomes. I'm not the fan, but he was a guy that I knew was coming in to the league raw. He was going to need some time. Um, and I think that if he didn't land with Andy Reid, he would have needed more time than he actually got. So what we're talking about is taking a guy like that first or second is usually a bad situation um, where I don't think he would have thrived. 
Just putting that out there. And Deshaun Watson has exceeded my expectations. I looked at a lot of the things he did in the, in the system that he was in, and I, I was not sure that he was going to be um, what he has become. Nine, just, just, just throwing that out there. Nine teams passed on Patrick Mahomes. Eleven teams passed, passed, on, on, Deshaun, yeah. passed on Deshaun Watson. So hindsight is always twenty twenty. I mean, what was Aaron Rodgers picked? I mean, we, all was we remember twenty third or something we, like that. All we remember is him sitting in that you know the 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 room and watching as everybody got picked ahead of him. I mean, when was Dan Marino picked? Well, okay, and obviously we know part of the backstory why for that, but still, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Say no more than Tom Brady. Sure. No, I mean, what I'm saying is, yes, it, there were there were some quarterback prospects in the first round that were in discussion that were actually pretty good. Trubisky was a safe one, and I knew because he was safe in terms of mechanics. He didn't look all that raw, but you knew what you were going to get. He was never going to have a th- an arm that was going to throw super far downfield. I knew that that, that safeness meant somebody was going to take him high. I didn't... Yeah, yeah I didn't. you something. That pick, the second pick, mm-hmm. was originally San Francisco's pick, and they I, they must have traded to Chicago for some. Oh, that was the trade up. You think the 49ers now would rather have Trubisky, or would rather have Garoppolo? Uh, I mean, or or you know, still maybe have uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Kaepernick. Yeah. Because uh, I'm, I'm assuming at the time this is what 2017. Oh, Kaepernick was gone by then, right? 2016 was his last year. So he was a free. So okay, so we're going into that 2017 draft. Think about this for a minute. The 49ers traded the pick instead of getting potentially all of those quarterbacks, knowing that they weren't resigning Kaepernick. <laughs> no, no, no. Wow. They released him. So they re- they release him, or did they just this contract just? They done? told him that they planned to release him, and when they did that, he opted out of his contract to become a free agent. So they okay. they were they were moving on from him. His contract was not up. They made the decision, knowing they had no quarterback. They, with the second pick, traded. Then <laughs> you know they then they ended up before they. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm sure instead of trading backwards, they would have rather picked Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we can agree on that. I, I would say I would say most likely. I'm sure probably. <laughs> I would say probably 29 other teams would agree as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, really quickly, I know this is a, getting to be a super long episode here, but no, I do want. If there's anybody still listening, thank you. I do want to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens game because this happened actually almost precisely how I would have expected it. Um, defensive battle for the most part in this game, you know, Lamar Jackson did not look very um, comfortable. He just didn't look like a Madden cover boy. Did, did, I mean, right? 14 of 24 for 160 yards with a pick. Um, you know, I, I know I he, he left the game, but that was fairly late in the game. The pick he threw was a score. I mean, I, I, no, I did not expect a pick six from three yards deep in the end zone. But I also think we are still way, way too early to start labeling him as like a you know a playoff choke artist too. Oh, I mean, yes. Well, I mean, we are equally people, away from calling him a playoff choke artist as we are calling him, you know, 
part of the new era of elite quarterbacks. I mean, throwing the ball, I'm still not seeing something from him that spells out any of the letters in elite. He's, I don't think he's, he's not good. that accurate. He's not. I mean, quite frankly, he does astounding things to keep the play alive. He's an incredible runner. Um, you know, and I, I'm not saying he's one of those guys who you build a running attack around. You can build him into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he scrambles. He keeps the play alive. He's always looking downfield. He's got a good arm. Uh, he's not that fucking accurate. And quite frankly, when he has a clean pocket, I think he latches on the big play and throws into double coverage kind of often. And I'm not really sure why. Uh, you know, the more I watch football and, you know, whether it's on the college level or the NFL – Give me accuracy over arm strength. Give me accuracy over even legs. I mean, it's just that's the most to me. That's the most important thing. It's just you know, I agree. Making making the throws that you have to make and being consistent with them is the most important thing as a quarterback. I mean, you can scheme around an arm a little bit. You can't scheme around inaccuracy, and that's that's the bottom line. So he's and usually you can't coach accuracy. You either have it or you don't. When you get to this level, there's not much more improvement that's going to happen. Right. You kind of are what you are. And, um, I mean, would you rather have him or Deshaun Watson? There's no question in my mind. Exactly. Of course. Um, The last thing we'll sidebar before we kind of end this thing is, uh, you know, the rumors about Deshaun Watson. I'm not even talking about the Giants in specific, but what do you think is a fair asking price for Deshaun Watson? From Houston? Yeah. I will, and let's say it's a two-part question. One, what do you think is a fair asking price? And two, which type of team should even try to get him? San Francisco should try to get him. San Francisco. I, 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 that was the first team I was thinking because you know, all, you know, now these meatheads who write for the Daily News and stuff are like, the Jets should do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's the the one thing the Jets are missing, right? The Jets are in between a college team and an expansion team right now. They have no assets. The thing they need to hold on, clench in their butt cheeks as long as they can, are draft picks. Giving up multiple first-round picks for a quarterback who you have nothing to build around and you're going to waste years. He's going to come here and and do what? And just suck here? Yeah. Right. San Francisco would be... San Francisco would be ideal. I, I think, to a certain extent, New Orleans and Tampa Bay should look at him. Yeah. Teams that have – our point is, I think we're in agreement, teams that already have something and mm-hmm. need him to, to take them from being a fringy playoff team with potential to being a Super Bowl contender. I think – I think. well, I mean I think even a step away from that, Carolina could, could be in the mix there. I mean I'm not saying they're, – they're certainly not a contender yet, but you – when you get a guy like that, you eliminate a big portion of their rebuilding process. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that it's absurd for Carolina to want to give stuff up to get a guy and that you, you know for a fact can take you to the playoffs. And then you match him up with Joe Brady, who now already yeah. is getting you know calls about being a head coach, which mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a pretty meteoric rise. I, Why I, not I think Pittsburgh? Hmm. So, do you think Pittsburgh is that good of a team, though? Um, are they are they a quarterback away from really, or are they kind of like not not next year? No, but I mean they're not a bad. I mean, just look at the record alone this year; they're not a bad team. 
But I mean, like, if, if what it's going to probably cost to get him, you're going to have to give up probably multiple draft picks. So it's a team that's like... Maybe not multiple it, in the same year, though. Yeah, but, okay, so let's say two first-round picks, you know, next year, the year after, and something. So what you're basically saying is, I'm one piece away, and this is the team, this is what I'm going to roll with to make that little run. You're not really going to be building But he's a young quarterback. You're not I, making I, a little run here. You're, you're opening a window for several years. This isn't a, a signing Tom Brady kind of thing. I, I understand that, but I mean, like, you're not going to be, you're not going to, it's going to be a lot harder to acquire top-level talent, mm-hmm. like, first-round pick level, so it's kind of like, this is going to be the big move, and this is what you're going to roll with for the next two to three years, I think, as opposed to, you know, teams that are really rebuilding who it may not make any sense to. And I think Pittsburgh is, I think Pittsburgh's further away than the, the San Francisco's we've mentioned. What oh, about, yes, they're further about away, Chicago? but it's not absurd. Um, Chicago? Chicago, Chicago's got their own problems. They're another one. I think they're they're a step back from Pittsburgh. And and I think New England is a step back from that, honestly. New, New England is, I think New England's a step away from a complete rebuild. Honestly, I think, I think, this was the one year to say, can we hit lightning in a bottle, with Cam, and obviously they couldn't. So now I think it's okay. You know, now we rebuild. Sure. So I don't expect anything. Yeah, I, I think anything beyond New England, we're, we're talking about. You know, people what about making Miami? mistakes. What about Miami? What about Miami? What's wrong with Tua? Hmm. I mean, I don't know how much they love Tua. I mean, you hear his they name a lot. They should love him because now you're talking about adding another wasted first-round pick. So you're trading two first-round picks, whatever, right? We're just guessing. Two first-round picks for a quarterback plus last year's first-round pick. Instead of getting an asset to make your team better, you got a quarterback. So I don't know. To give I, up on him after one year already. I I wouldn't, but that would be me personally. But I have a sense that I don't think Miami's in love with him. I think they, you know, if, if they had the opportunity, they're not going to just draft a quarterback in the first round this year because ah, we're done with him. But I think if they had the option, they had the potential to acquire. I think, I think they would strongly listen. It's also why they haven't been a really good team in so long for making decisions like this. But why not also, Washington? I mean, they have a lot of. I mean, they're gonna have a. They have a well, problem I, with their secondary, but I mean, they have a good wide receiver in McLaurin. They have a pretty decent offensive line. It's not terrible. Um, in this league, you you win by scoring. Yeah. You know, something. If their secondary isn't that great, okay, outscore us. Yeah. Uh, their and defensive think, line is great. Their, their linebackers defense, are pretty good. That's what I'm saying. Their, their, their front seven is good enough that they could say, okay. We we'll uh, we can make up for deficiencies, which we can build. You know, I mean, I don't know what their cap story is. No, I, I, all of these teams, I don't know their fucking cap story. I got to be honest. So yeah. I'm just thinking about quarterback fits and and the rest so of the, the talent around. So there are a lot of there are a lot of potential landing options for them. I don't think Houston's getting rid of them. I'm being honest. I think they are. I think I think the the ship has sailed. I think. Interesting. Once you see, you know, and, and you could say the same thing about guys like James Harden, basketball, and like. Once it's over, it's over, and it's you can't put that toothpaste back in the tooth, you know, toothpaste holder. Of, <laughs> of like, if, if 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 he wants it with a tube. Yeah, I, guess I was gonna say the word you're looking for is tube. The password is tube. <laughs> yeah, but I what think is once, tube. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I but I think once 
you know, a, a player says he wants out, once an organization pretty much is done with you, it, you, you can't go back. Something will happen, and I think you know, the longer it lingers, I think the less they will get in return. Houston. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, again, it took it took how much for Beckham to be pulled out of New York. Um, Watson is. It doesn't matter about how good it, uh, an overall player he is. He's the quarterback. Yeah, but, Beckham, but Beckham never said he wanted to be traded. He did enough to say he wanted to be traded. <laughs> he, he, he said it without saying it. But he was just a pain in the ass. But you know something? Sure is a lot of smoke. There's no there's fire. A, I, I'm not saying there's no smoke. What I'm saying is I don't think he said it yet. He, he's he's doing, I guess, more than what Beckham did, but not really. He, the, he's made the, a stronger indication Beckham did more over right. a sh- over a period of time. Yeah, Beckham was just being a dick. He's just being immature. You know, hey, I think – Look, that's what Antonio Brown did too. Sure. Yeah. What about the Lions? They're they're a mess. They're not yeah. a quarterback away from. I mean, I wouldn't pass put it past Detroit to think that you know, <laughs> they whatever, are. But but yeah. you know Matt Stafford is not the problem there. Right. Um. To to me, they're on that New England level, that Chicago level. Uh, what about? Last, last, last one I'll throw at you. What about Jacksonville? No way. You're the first pick in the draft. Forget it. Right. I'm not. In, I I understand that Deshaun Watson's a proven commodity, but you're a mess, and you can build around Trevor Lawrence. I'm not giving up anything for Trevor Lawrence. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that Urban Meyer can work with any type of quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence does enough with his legs that he would fit in just fine with, because Urban's offense is adaptable to the quarterback. I mean, he had not a statue in Chris Leak with Florida, but, you know, he adapted the offense to make it work with him. And, you know, Tebow wasn't the running type of quarterback where a guy like Deshaun Watson would be or something, but he made it work with that offense too. And the quarterbacks he had with uh, Ohio State. So I agree with you. And we always say that why if you can get a quarterback on a rookie contract, you can do a lot that's, more things. Yep, that's the one you want. And also, not for nothing, not that this has anything to do with anything, if Urban Meyer knows what he's doing, or if, he, if he's anything like me, you're drafting Trevor Lawrence and you're spending every dollar you can building the best offensive line you can for him. I don't yes. care if you lose all 16 games because he has no weapons and he's throwing to scrubs. You keep him upright, you keep him healthy, you let him learn, and then you worry about weapons next year. You know what I mean? Just keep it him fucking happy. Don't you, do what they did to Andrew Luck. You... Hire Urban Meyer to sell seats for 2021. You hire Urban Meyer to win in 2022 mm-hmm. and beyond. So you're right. I mean, honestly, if the offensive line is that shitty next year, maybe it doesn't even start week one. Maybe you, you know, you have some scrub coming in and kind of just ease him in because you, you know, you don't want your, you don't want the franchise getting the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen it too many times where expansion teams and really really shitty teams put you know rookie quarterbacks out there and they just get killed mm-hmm. and it has a it has a lasting impact whether it's physical or mental, mental yeah on, uh, on their uh on their development in any case that's going to do it for us uh <laughs> i'm excited for this weekend i'm really really looking forward to the nfc championship game but also i mean buffalo i think can do it buffalo um 
in Kansas City. It's it's a lot's going to hinge on the health of Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be an exciting Sunday. Both games are Sunday. Um, quick, predi- quick predictions. What's happening? If I have to put money down, I'm saying Kansas City and Green Bay. Um, but I think the one that has a better chance of flipping is Buffalo, Kansas City. I am going to shock the world. I'm going to say Buffalo and Tampa Bay. I That would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I again, I'm I'm a little more confident in the Buffalo pick even if Mahomes does play and they kind of play around with the protocol rules to get him to play. He's not going to be 100%. Mm-hmm. Um And I we we just went through saying how great Aaron Rodgers has been, you know, in the last couple of months or so, but uh I I just feel like there's something about the Bucks. It's not the team I would, I would script. There's that, that if I was a GM, this would not be my team. But I think there's something there. I think they went into a, you know, they beat a New Orleans team that I don't think many people thought they would would win. I think they're going to win. They're going to win. Um, there's going to be. I think it's supposed to be a snow game too, actually. But Tom Brady has played in the snow. This isn't the. Bucks, oh, sure, he's uh, tucked the ball in the snow, hasn't he? Exactly. So, I mean, this isn't the Bucks of 10 years ago. They'd never won a game in their history over 32 degrees. This is a different team. Uh, and I, I, I think both away dogs are going to win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that out there right now. All right. I mean, I'll make an official prediction on Twitter. So follow me there, at football underscore grump. Um, I'll make my official prediction Sunday morning for both games. Catch me at the Cranky Fan, where I haven't been happy about much lately. Gator basketball is a, a disgrace right now. The Knicks are not good. Lightning are good, though. That's fun. So at least I have that going for me. And, uh, you know, we're still dealing with the silly season for Gator football, the off season. But follow me on the Cranky Fan, and uh, we'll get through this. This, is gonna be a, this might be a pretty interesting week. So everybody, just don't do anything stupid. Just stay safe, please. Don't uh, don't put on your uh, Viking helmet and don't put on your your, you know, don't don't think you're General Lee and, and don't do anything stupid out there. Just let's <laughs> let's just get through this week, please. <laughs> I, I'm tired of feeling like this is best deal day or something. You know, this is 2020 America. This isn't. Uh, <laughs> just everybody, everybody, be smart. And as always, this podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify. You name it, it's there. Subscribe, and all of these will be in your in, in your queue Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Go Giants. Go Giants. Let's go Giants.